This is a shock podcast. What was your favorite episode of last year? I think it was three episodes ago when one of us asked Ron. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ron. What do you think happened um, to that race or that driver? And he says, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just very slow. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. But as a professional, I was hoping for some explanation within technicalities of the car or, you know, maybe wrong strategy. But he was blatantly honest. What about yours, Dan? Any episode where Ron is with us is my favorite episode. <laughs> That's true. So, so this episode of recording right now is not one of my favorites because, again, we miss you, Ron. Hello and welcome to another episode of Suited and Booted. Welcome to the new year. Uh, in the studio, you've got me. My name is Daniel Woodruff. And with me... Jasmine Jafar. Hello, Jazz. We don't have Ron with us today. Ron's going to be a daddy of two, Dan. So daddy again. Congratulations to our buddy Ron yeah. and Rena. Oh, particularly Rena. She's going to be doing all the hard work. Definitely. Yeah. But <laughs> Ron's... Uh, Ron's going to be FaceTiming us when it happens. Ron, we miss you. We can't wait to do another episode with you. But we are back in the studio. It is the new year. Preseason testing, etc. hasn't started. So this is still technically season one of Suited and Booted. We're not in season two yet. But we are here for a 2023 season recap. Yes. So we're going to be covering all of our favorite moments of the season our favorite episodes, who we feel like is the biggest binnet and the biggest winnet of the season. I don't know if we have the tallies for that yet, but I'm sure we can get a gauge of who takes the crown for that. But before we get into our thoughts of the last year, uh, and thank you so much to everyone for supporting us, by the way. Uh, it really does mean a lot. We recently, well, not we, it was just you, Jazz, uh, recently went to a podcast award show where we got second place. Do you want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, I mean, it's totally unexpected. Um, we were against, I don't know if against is the right word. but We, it, we were against. We're against every other podcast yeah, on Earth. Yeah, we were against any other <laughs> podcast. But we were newbies. Uh, my fellow colleagues, uh, Dan and Ron, couldn't make it. So I had to represent one for the team. Uh, big votes. We had big votes uh, during that time for a newbie. And uh, we finished second. So very proud for what we have achieved. And it's all thanks to your support, guys. Yeah. It's so. it's without the fans we wouldn't be where we were today. Yeah, so, so it was it was a fan vote. We came second place. So thank you so much to every single one of you. But second place is the first losers, and we're going to be gunning for P1 this year. 100%. Yeah, 100%. this year, next year, next breaking season. breaking records. 2024, our year, manifest it. Okay, let's take a look at some of the news that's been in the news cycle. Now we usually don't attribute this period to much juiciness, but. At the time of this recording, when I woke up, f did the first thing I usually do when I'm in bed, trying to get up, and that's open Instagram. And Haas has fired Gunther Steiner, and they've replaced him with Ayao Komatsu. I don't know if I've pronounced Ayao properly. Ayoa? Ayao. Ayao. Okay, we'll go with Ayao. First of all, very, very upset. I think all fans of Drive to Survive are going to be gutted because we know that after season six comes out, which is coming out on February 23rd, on the last day of testing in Bahrain, we're going to lose an icon. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the paddock, what, for a long time. He's, he was with Red Bull. 
he was the uh, man behind bringing Haas to the grid mm-hmm. um you know one of the first american teams full fledged american team uh, in formula 1 and led that team for 10 years they went to ups and downs to be honest then uh, mostly downs, downs. <laughs> mostly downs especially financially as well mm-hmm. he's brought that team back up with few title sponsorships uh, especially moneygram which which has secured a lot of the fundings into that team and but Jean Haas is is the man in charge so yep. apparently there's been a disagreement on how much uh, R&D is put into that team and Jean said enough is enough so they went separate ways it be it be interesting to know more about why i think we all like Gunther because of the personality that he is but again i don't know how competent he is at his job he's obviously been around for a long time so he knows the ropes but he is one of the least successful team principals at least in recent history so i mean i think a, a shake up is a good thing but let's take a look at Ayao Komatsu i mean He's also been around for a very very long time but I think he comes from a completely different discipline right he is very fresh from his engineering disciplines uh within various formula formula 1 teams he started in 2003 as an F1 tire engineer at BAR Honda 2006 he was the performance engineer at Renault F1 2011 the race engineer at Renault F1 for Vitaly Petrov and Grosjean 2015 he was the chief race engineer at Lotus 2016 he was the trackside engineering director at Haas and at 2024 he's now team principal so i think very different approach right he's he's gone through the hass grinder of of the engineering perspective uh where i would say as a team principal steiner maybe has just been kind of stuck in that commercial aspect more recently yep. so i don't know how this is going to affect the r&d definitely not for 2024 i feel like it's too late to have a big shake up there but at least for the next 3 year plan for the team well they've normally worked with um delara ferrari on their technology transfer and some of the uh built of the car some of the parts are also coming from those manufacturers but ayao has been with big teams then so they know the structure he knows how a structure of a big team works um running with a team like br honda at the time they were the prime by finishing second in championship uh with jenton button so he he was involved in that you know even being performance engineer in 06 i'm sure everyone remembered when alonso won that world championship he wasn't in alonso's car mm. um but he was in that competitive winning team ever so then renault or lotus at the time uh was was owned by Janai Capital uh Gerard Lopez which is not as big of a team but the organization was based on in Enstone in in which it was the ex Renault F1 facility so Ayao knows what it takes and what is needed in the team is whether Jean Haas believes in his three year vision um to turn that team around to be a comfortable mid-pack team. You know, I've I've always been interested as to what makes a good team principal or how you even become a team principal because when I I look at the career trajectories of some of the current people in those positions and all of the different teams on the grid, it's all so different, right? You've got that venture capital background that Total Wolf has. You've got the sponsorship background that Zack Brown has. You've got clearly now this pure engineering background that Ayao has. So everybody has very very different disciplines different approaches but i think at the end of the day your job as team principal is more of a ceo that's project management it's it's vision it's direction it's commerciality driving sponsors doing deals not just working on the nuts and bolts and planning of a car right i don't know how good adrian newey would be at running a team we know he's the best on earth at developing a car so very very different i don't know it'd be interesting yeah 
we'll keep an eye out. Uh, but we only wish the best for Haas. But I feel like they've just lost their only commercial factor, which was Gunther Steiner and Drive to Survive. Season 6 coming out. Uh, so that's the next big thing we have to kind of look forward to. Otherwise, this is going to be a pretty dormant season. I think all of our drivers are on yachts somewhere in the Atlantic, the Mediterranean. They're chilling out, celebrating life. <laughs> and not Maybe having skiing? to drive. Because they have 24 races coming their way in the 2024 calendar. Uh, it is going to be exhausting. We have preseason testing that will be kicking off pretty soon. It's only in a matter of weeks. And we know that the engineering teams are not having a break. We've heard from Ferrari. They have pretty much replaced the entire car. Like 95% of the car is going to be completely different. They have mentioned only 5% will be the same. So uh, that really is a nice segue into what our predictions are for 2024. I mean, do we feel like it's going to be the same characters or are we going to see some some new faces up at the top? Maybe not at the top, Dan, but I think engineering shakeups um, is quite common in Formula 1. They don't really sack them like football managers they just either enhance their role or sideline some of the ones that are not performing kind of thing but the formula one's core race team normally remains the same the race engineers performance engineers track side track side support you know engine and 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 uh, gearboxes those are the core racing that goes to every single grand prix it's the development side vehicle dynamics that department normally uh, they are the they are the ones that that gets the the, the shake up. So I think a lot of teams are going aggressive this year, apart from Ferrari, simply wanting to close that gap to Red Bull or Adrian Newey and trying to get that car work. I mean, now it's only wind tunnel and uh wind tunnel testing and numbers, right? Um, but the moment they do their shakedown, they know whether the car is working or not. I think the interesting thing with these shakeups is that it is such a long, th- there is such a long gestation period, right? Engineering is not like replacing a driver. You can't just like kick DeVries out, replace him with Danny Rick, and then overnight gain performance. This is like a, it's a slow burn. The The work that they're putting in two years ago is what we're seeing today. So with all the shakeups that we are seeing in the new cycle, it'd be interesting to see how that carries forward over the next couple of years. Um, but give us your predictions. You know, I'll save the predictions for the end. I want to. I want to know who your top three drivers and top three teams are, and then we can uh, we can place a bet and we can see <laughs> uh, who comes out on top. And if any of us win, once again, Ron will have to give everybody free karting tickets at at Evolt. And if we lose, he can do the same as well. Okay. Let's look back. Keep trying to look forward. Let's look back. 2023. What was your favorite race of the year? Ooh, has to be Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah, why? I My memory is getting really shaky, but I agree with you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but why? Um, it was nice to see Sainz being on the top step of the podium, um, running a very long stint, missing a set of tyres, um, and Mercedes going aggressive with changing into the softs at the end and tried to capture that win. Uh, hugely dramatic. Uh, Russell shunted uh, just before they happen mm-hmm. um, at Fullerton. Lewis Hamilton, you know, he fought his way through traffic and, and safety cars and etc. It was just non-stop adrenaline then. Like, it's, you know, it's very rare for street circuit to have such scenarios, but Singapore has to be pretty much up there. It's, it's what we want to see. And I think, I think one thing, one trait that I really enjoyed from this year was every time there was a bit of rain, it got so good. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I really am hoping for a bit more of the, that kind of weather variability. 
I think at times some of the races did get a bit stale when it was just dry. So I think that would kind of avoid that. But yeah, no, Singapore is a very, very good choice. I would say top three would have to be Singapore, Texas and Vegas. I think we saw a lot of action between those three. I know Vegas in particular had a lot of negatives. I think it had the most negatives over any of the kind of races, particularly in the kind of the the run up to it. There was so much controversy, negative media surrounding it. But I actually think that it turned out to be one of the one of the better races. Yeah. Okay, so Singapore takes the cake. I have no doubt that it will be pretty high up this year as well. What was your favorite episode of last year? I think it was three episodes ago when one of us asked Ron. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ron, what do you think happened um, to that race or that driver? And he says, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just very slow. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong, but as a professional individual, uh, pun- <laughs> pundit, I was hoping for some explanation within technicalities of the car or, you know, maybe wrong strategy, but he was blatantly honest. <laughs> That's okay. Well, Ron, during the confinement period, you can you can give him some, some homework. What about yours, Dan? Any episode where Ron is with us is my favourite episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, so this episode we're recording right now is not one of my favourites because, again, we miss you, Ron. <laughs> Come back. Um, okay, so favorite episode, favorite race. I don't actually have the numbers for this, but every episode we did our win it and bin it, uh, and we would always vote. Okay, so we've just spoken to our producer who is much more prepared than we are. Uh, let's start with our bin it. So it turns out for the first half of the season, it was DeVries that was going pretty strong, and then it switched to our good old boy Perez. Poor guy. But he was bad. <laughs> Minister of Defense. <laughs> Minister um, of Defense. I mean, obviously, DeVries couldn't carry on that momentum as our binet because he ultimately got booted. Perez? Oh, no, I think that's a very, very fitting title for Perez. He he did have a rocky season. I think it definitely ended on a slightly higher note. I think he did what he had to do to kind of retain his seat for at least preseason testing in the first three races of this year. But I still don't know if he's going to last the whole season. I think he's going to get booted halfway, just like DeVries. What do you think? I hope not, actually, Dan. He just seems to be a fitting number two. But how deep of a hole that he can manage, you know, by not drowning in that Red Bull seat by being a number two. A competitive number two would be ideal for him to stay on for another couple of years. I think he has the experience, he has the knowledge, he knows what it takes. But yeah, I would love to see him there for a couple of years at least. I think he's still going to get kicked out <laughs> in the middle of next year. Um, I also am going to predict that he's still going to take the take the cake as our binet for for twenty twenty four. But I agree, he's had a he's had a tough year. He seems like a nice guy, but just a little bit slow, as, as Ron Ron would say. Um, all right, and so our win it. This is the slightly more prestigious title. This went to Max Verstappen for the first part of the season, but. It actually was a almost tie between Albon and Norris. Uh, they were our favorites towards the second half of the season. What are your thoughts on that? Albon's got to be pretty up there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, consistently up, uh, you know, beating his teammate um, in Q3s, not competitive car, not much money, new team principal. So much better than his teammate. Yeah, I mean, a lot to deal with that. I yeah. think in such a small team or smaller team, very impressed with his performance. I think give him another Ian Williams and I hope a big seat opens up for him. I think Max was inevitable. We're, we're, we try to stay away from Max as much as possible because he won everything. We knew he was going to be the world champion again. I have a feeling like that's going to be the same case next year. But with Albon, I mean, he just showcases what the girlfriend effect can really, really do. 
just so put together, the complete package, and just such a nice guy. I, I know Norris has that same effect of that that kind of like nice guy effect, why people like him, particularly those that watch Drive to Survive. But as a driver, Albon just I think he was on a whole other level. He unlocked something. There's something about being comfortable in a car and a team that you know doesn't deserve to be at the front. It takes that pressure off. You know, you know that you're not going to win the world championship. You know you're not going to be on the podium every single race. And because of that, it's just done something in his mind that's made him, I think, at the peak of his career. So I really do hope that when Perez gets booted, he is a prospect. But I know realistically, if that happens, that seat is going to go to Danny Rick. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, I think that's why some some of these teams are already ma- making preparations. Um, there's a lot of young talents as well. You know, we must not um, put aside uh, guys like Theo Pocher and, you know, these, these guys have been grooming programs and development programs for many, many years. But yeah, you're right. I think Danny Rick is, is in line for that. All right, so let's look forward to 2024 then. Uh, we have 24 races on the calendar, starting in Bahrain and ending in Abu Dhabi as usual. Which race are you more most excited for? There's something about the British Grand Prix mm. um, that brings excitement. It brings good vibes then. I'd love to be out there again. I think it's been a good couple of years. 2018 was my last British Grand Prix mm-hmm. attendance. And, you know, such big crowds, good racing. Like you say, when the spots of rain just changes the dynamic of the race unpredictability, heavy tyre wear, so you see tyres delaminating, exploding, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, British Grand Prix has it for me, so I'm very excited for that. And it's got heritage. Okay, fair enough. I'm actually looking, I mean, I am looking forward to that race. I'm, I always look forward to the Singapore Grand Prix. I think for exactly the reasons you mentioned as to why it was your favourite race of the year. I think there's just something special about it. I think it takes the cake more than Monaco does. I think Monaco's losing a lot of its gleam and shine, uh, particularly with these massive long and wide cars. I think just the racing really deteriorates on that track. But Singapore is is taking that that cake. So, And it's the closest thing we have to a home Grand Prix. So uh, that's the one that I'm looking forward to. Um, and before we round off this episode, give us your predictions. Top three drivers in the Drivers' Championship and top three teams in the Constructors. Top three would be Max Verstappen. Um, I'd have Charles Leclerc in second and one of the Mercedeses in third. So I'll say Lewis would be in third. And you think that's going to be similar for the Constructors? Mercedes would peep Ferrari, I think. They seem to do less errors and much more much more holistic in um in doing their strategies. So looking at that, I reckon Mercedes will be will be second behind Red Bull. Interesting. Mine's almost the same. I think Max P one. I think Charles P two. But I think Hamilton P three. I think That's what I said. Is that what you said? Yeah. Wow, I should really listen to you more. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Perez is going to continue his downhill kind of trajectory. And I think because this is the year where he would lose his seat mid-season, I think that it's just going to mess up his position in the in the constructors in the drivers championship. For the team, do I agree with you? Mercedes, sorry, Red, Red Bull, Bull P1 for sure. Yeah, Ferrari, Mercedes. Okay, we're we, pretty. We aligned. make a good team. We're then. pretty aligned. We yeah. would. Yeah, we'll. We should do fantasy Formula One. This year. <laughs> Why not? Walk the talk. All right, 
that is the end of our 2023 roundup. We have an exciting season ahead of us, starting with preseason testing in Bahrain. That's only a few weeks away in February. Um, all the excitement will pick up then. Until then, we hope everybody has a great break, um, even though the holidays have just ended. So I hope everybody uh, enjoys getting back to work. Once again, thank you so much to every single one of you that's listened to our episodes that has given us one to five stars, those that have voted for us on the awards, those that follow us on social media, those that have subscribed. Uh, we love you all. Thank you for writing in with your questions. We can't wait to have an even better season next year, make more interactive content, uh, really elevate this, this podcast. If you guys have any feedback, suggestions whatsoever, anything at all that you want to see, please feel free to write into us on our social media handles, uh, whether personal or the ones owned by Suited and Booted. But uh, for today, to round off 2023 in 2024, my name is Daniel Woodruff. I'm Jasmine Jafar. And this is Suited and Booted. Thank you. Drive safe. <laughs>